Today's episode of The Rewatchables is brought to you by Bud Light. Did you know not all alcohol products are required to list their ingredients? That was news to me. Bud Light is changing the game. They believe that we deserve to know our beer's ingredients, so they put an ingredients label right on their packaging. Bud Light, brewed with hops, barley, water, and rice. No corn syrup, no preservatives, and no artificial flavors. Find out what ingredients are in your beer. Bud Light. Enjoy responsibly. AD Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. If you don't dig deep in your fucking soul, <laughs> you won't have legs. <laughs> A Star is Born is coming up next. Tell me something, girl. Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable. Come sing that song that I love. No, I can't do that. All you gotta do is trust me. All right, Sean Fennis is here. Amanda Dobbins is here. I'm Bill Simmons. We are uh, breaking a rule. We're doing a newer movie, which we did last year with uh, Get Out to some success. And now Star is Born, which is going to like be a loser at the Oscars. And we might as well just start there. Okay. Might as well make the case now. I don't really know what happened with this. I watched it again this week. It's a really good movie. It's really well directed. It's exceptionally well acted. It has awesome moments in it. And Rami Malek is minus 250 to win best actor Actor, as we're taping this. And Bradley Cooper is 10 to 1 odds. And I I got to say, I usually understand most things. I don't understand this. Sean, explain it. Uh, I can't explain it. Um, I guess there are a couple of factors that are going on that are why it's not going to win, which I guess is Roma has been very powerful and Green Book has been more powerful than we expected. But I don't know. There's like a bad tweet from me in October that's like, as far as I can tell, uh, A Star is Born is going to go five for five and win all the all the, the big categories here. Why not? And uh, I don't. it's probably not going to win anything. How does it not at least win the Bradley Cooper Best Actor? Rami Malek, he's got big fake chompers in. He's lip syncing. Yeah. It's an actively bad movie that's like poorly edited and directed, and he's going to win Best— Would that be the worst movie anyone's ever won Best Actor for? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Sense of a woman is up there, I would say. I don't know. I I learned a lot about what to do and not do at a boarding school. (laughs) Sure. Sense of a woman. Darkest Hour was not a masterpiece. Yeah, there's there's there been there's some bad examples. Bohemian Rhapsody is like bad. Like there's a a clip that's going around about this one scene, how bad the editing is, because I guess it got nominated for best editing. It won the editing award from the editing guild over the weekend. Yeah. And it's a scene they're just, it's just cutting choppily between all of these four guys. Yeah. Anyway, what, so what happened with Bradley Cooper? Why'd we turn on him, Amanda? I mean, Sean and I on our Oscars podcast have been kind of gnashing our teeth about this for three months and have not gotten any answers because I feel the same way you do. It's mystifying to me. My best theory is that Bradley Cooper splitting his own vote. And some uh, people are like, oh, wow, what a great acting performance by Bradley. And so other people are like, oh, great, what a great directing. He debuted by Bradley. And some people are just kind of, he's not getting enough eggs in one basket, if that makes any sense. He doesn't yeah. have enough people 
not just writing for the movie, but writing for a specific aspect of the movie. I don't know. That's I mean, it's irrational to me, but that's my most my best attempt at a rational explanation. You you hit on this actually a couple of weeks ago on a podcast when you talked about how this is a little bit of the heaven can wait Reds thing, where I think there's a lot of people who also just think it's not yet Bradley Cooper's time. Yeah, you haven't earned this yet. This is his first shot at it. It's, it's like same- saving Private Ryan. Earn this. Exactly. I really understood what that meant. Yeah, and um, I just think people don't want to give him the, the, the benefit of the doubt. They don't want to say, on your first shot, you nailed it, son. Well, we're doing this as a rewatchable because it is exceptionally rewatchable. Totally. Amen. The first hour is really lights out. I think it's the third or fourth time I've seen this movie. Once in the theater, and I got the screener, watched it. Then my wife and my daughter were watching it. It got sucked in a third time. Should we go back to the moment when we weren't sure if this was going to be the worst movie of all time or the greatest movie of all time? I think it's, I think it's one of the greatest ringer sagas we've had. Yeah. Because the, the word on the street came out, they were doing this, and we thought it was hilarious. It's like, oh my God, what a beautiful disaster this is going to be. Then the trailer came out and it was kind of eye-opening because it seemed like a real movie and Bradley Cooper seemed like a different guy and Gaga was, wasn't wearing makeup and it was like, what's going on here? That's totally true, but there were also still elements of, there were questions like Bradley Cooper's face was just really, really red in the yeah. window scene, the now famous scene, and it was immediately turned into a meme. and. Right. It looked like a real movie, but you couldn't tell whether it was a good movie or a good, bad, memorable movie. We decided pretty much immediately that no matter how it played out, it was going to be awesome for The Ringer and that we were going to be able to get content out of it. We definitely went all in. It was either going to be great or awful. And there was no in-between anymore. When we saw the trailer, I think we were all shocked by how good it was. And I, I saw it in a movie theater in Santa Monica, relatively close to when it came out. And, uh, I mean, people were crying at the end. Um, I you could hear a end. pin drop. My son, who has the attention span of a mosquito, was <laughs> locked in for two hours. Really upset after that Jackson Maine took his took his life. Um, it was just really good. And it was like a rare, it reminded me of going to see Get Out the year before. It was just like, oh, that was kind of a memorable experience seeing this in a movie theater. Yeah, my experience, I saw it in New York. I was on a New York trip. And I was supposed to see it in a screening room before the movie came out. And, you know, screening rooms for studios tend to seat, I don't know, 40 people, something like that. A fairly small amount of people. Last minute, it was late September. The studio announced that the air conditioning had broken in the screening room. So they were relocating us. So they relocated us to the Dolby room at the AMC in Times Square, mm. which is one of both the one of the great movie palaces in America and also one of the worst places in America. To get to that movie theater sucks. It's so painful trudging through Times Square. And then to get up to the Dolby room is like three different escalators and very complicated. Finally, I get up to the theater and it's, it's a massive movie theater. It seats hundreds and hundreds of people. They all have lounger chairs. And there were about 12 people in the screening. So 12 people in this wildly cavernous room, the music as loud as can be. I was sitting all by myself all the way in the corner. I think I like broke down crying three or four times while watching the movie. And I was just kind of like, I wasn't ashamed of that, but it was sort of like doing it in solitude, but surrounded by 10 other people. It was an interesting experience. Where'd you see it? I saw it at the Arclight on opening night on Thursday uh, night. And that's if I, wonderful. Yes. And if I may add a personal anecdote, I saw it with Sean's wife. That's true. And oh, look at we you went guys. together and this is... This might provide a bit of insight, if I may quote Sean's wife. We saw it together. I was extremely excited and invested because The Ringer had really amped me up for it. And I was totally blown away by it and really moved and crying at the end. And I think 
Sean, your wife really liked it, but she immediately had some notes. Yeah, she did. <laughs> and it was very clear to me that some of it was just, you know, when you invest in something, it often gives back to you. And I think that is the ringer's experience of The Star is Born. I agree with that. And I have enjoyed the journey and I'm, we're going to continue on it right now. But not everyone, it doesn't mean as much to everyone as it, no. as it does to us. We've gotten plenty of pushback. People are like, why do you guys like this so yeah. much? Often. So we should probably talk about why we like it so much. My wife, for example. Those are the wrong people. I, 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 I don't I need those people in my gonna, life. They're going to be in your comments, too. My, my, my wife, though, is, I think one of her notes was, wait, this is a remake? <laughs> literally, yeah. she did. The, the credits on the, oh, I feel really bad, but I love this story. The credits show up, and it's like crediting the old versions with yeah. John Gregory and Don and Joan Didion. And she's like, wait, they made other? <laughs> this is, there are more of these? So we should, I mean, this is, they so made this I'm three times. Enough. Yeah, this is uh, the fourth remake. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the Bollywood 2013 version. So they did 1954-76-2013. I'm actually old enough to remember the 1976 one, which was a really big deal because Streisand was mm -hmm. probably the biggest female star in the world when that happened. Mm -hmm. She um, was one of my favorite actresses because she made What's Up Doc, which was like the first movie I saw in the theater really? multiple times. I love that movie. That's an awesome movie. So then when this came out, the way it was marketed and Chris Christopherson being in it. And I just kind of remember, I must've been like six or seven, but, um, you know, it was, she had the weird perm. It was like the first time she'd had that yeah. and she was going to sing. And um, what is she saying in that movie? And he's really good in it. And I, I thought for years, I thought Chris Christopherson was an actor. I didn't know he was like a singer. Mm -hmm. That's probably the highlight of his acting career. Cause then he did heaven's gate four years later. Yeah, He's had a couple of other, the movie made roles. a shitload of move of money. Yep. But I don't think was regarded that warmly. But what's interesting is like people like my mother and one of my neighbors, Andy, um, the 70-year-old and up ladies, mm -hmm. partial to the old one. They don't like the new one. They like grizzled Chris Christopherson, really a disgrace to to women. And um, you can't you can't rein this guy in. Cooper, a little too weak for for, for the 70-year-old and up. This is probably pretty predictable, but I much, much, much prefer the Judy Garland, James Mason one from the 50s. Wow. I, I think that's like, a, I, I think the 70s version is pretty bad. It's uh, bad. You know, it, it is Streisand kind of at the peak of her fame and power, but the movie itself is very badly written and it's long. It's Incredible so long. House for him though in that movie though. Oh, the house is great. His, the Chris Christopherson house is. But I mean, the Streisand numbers, the musical numbers just stop the movie for 10 minutes at They're a time. Really bad. She wrote so many of them. I found it excruciating and I actually, I, it was on Netflix, I believe over the summer and in A Star is Born Anticipation. I was like, oh, you know, I should watch this again. Had to turn it off 90 minutes in. I could not abide well the, the hit song was in the closing credits that didn't even crack the movie which i think was a major mistake like they didn't end the movie with the song that became the hit so aria the gate were much better shit than 76 i think all of us were just stupefied that it was going to be bradley cooper as chris christopherson slash eddie better slash whoever he's trying to be i mean it wasn't originally the most convincing part of this movie it yeah. wasn't necessarily originally no but i'm saying when it came out yeah yeah i mean i think he's this is like a real transformation. You know, the, the big story of this movie, as great as Gaga is, as fun as the music is, as impressive it, as it is as a filmmaking feat, like this is completely built around Bradley Cooper for Bradley Cooper. And it's him. Directed by Bradley yeah, Cooper. Bradley, yeah, Bradley directed. He hired everybody. He chose every little bit and piece. There are a lot of long, loving shots of Bradley Cooper's body and his face in this movie. You know, like he's really, um, he's flexing, literally and figuratively. And... It's weird that it worked out. I would not describe myself as a massive Bradley Cooper fan before this movie, but he really, 
He convinced me. I think that's the amazing part of this movie is this should have gone terribly. Totally. Every part of this is like a, it's like a checklist for, oh, I've seen this become a disaster for Kevin Costner and Waterworld or like whatever you're going to pick. And this time it worked. The specific, like the miracle of this movie was made even more obvious to me a few weeks ago when a clip of Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga performing Shallow together in Vegas went on the internet and it almost destroyed our slack. Yeah, it did. It did. It was like in eight different slacks at the yeah. same time. I thought I had hallucinated one of the conversations because it was in a different room, but um I thought it was very charming that they did it and I was excited and as, you know, in terms of campaigning, I wish they had done this 3 months ago because maybe they would be winning some Oscars right yeah. now. I found the performance pretty awkward and in part because they were performing as Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga and not Jackson Maine and Allie. And they kind of, the extra performativeness, the lack of chemistry is what I expected from the original movie. And somehow they managed for the course of filming to actually transcend it and make something good. But it's amazing to me because what it could have been is literally on Instagram. You can go watch it. And Yikes. What I liked about that was he seemed nervous. Mm-hmm. He forgot to use his Jackson Maine voice. Yep. <laughs> like he actually was using his, his like normal Bradley Cooper yeah. voice right. and just did not have the charisma. And uh, I mean, we're going to talk about some of the rewatchable scenes, mm-hmm. but he's so good in this movie as this, the best scene in the movie obviously is when she finally goes up on stage yeah. and she's singing, but like you see him in the background and he's just like really enjoying it. And he's like sucking her into it mm-hmm. and, he's just incredible. And when you see that clip, you're like, how did he I have no idea. See that? It's like the beard gave him magical powers. Not to mention great beard. It's really hard to grow a beard like hair, that. I certainly I, can't. The hair is amazing. I, I have been, I studied his face when I rewatched it. Um, <laughs> and I was trying to figure out why I can't grow a beard like that. And what are the, because it's really not a nice. perfect beard. It's pretty no. patchy in his cheeks, but he's got this uh, mustache to, to goatee connection. It is very Chris Christopherson-esque, you know? He might have gotten some help. We don't know he if might have, was sure. 100%. He might We see him get shot full of steroids in the movie, so who knows if he was using the real thing. Can I ask a beard question? Yeah. For that length, because it's pretty long, mm-hmm. how long would that take to grow it out to that length? Depends. I know so, certain people who are just hairy who could bang yeah. it out in a week and a half. For me, it's probably six weeks, eight yeah. weeks. Okay, thank you. So Cooper, we know the story, but it's worth doing the little backstory here. Wedding Crashers, he kind of goes on the map in 05. 09, he's just not that into you in The Hangover, which I recently watched. He's just not into that into you with Zoe Simmons. And it's kind of an amazing rewatch. There's just a ton of people in it. They do. They just keep popping out of closets yeah. being like another celebrity. It's like, here's Is that the star. one where he's cheating on someone with ScarJo? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, okay. Yeah. 2010, The A-Team. Miscalculation. Here's where, here's where I bought into Bradley Cooper's a superstar, and it's on my old podcast on ESPN, mm-hmm. Limitless. Mm. Limitless was a good movie that he's like a star in. So and that was the first time I watched him and went, oh, he's a star. I didn't realize it until that movie. Definitely a star, definitely not a superstar, though. That's no, like a, star. A, a very well-made, competent thriller that we like, that we will always watch. But it's it's not a movie that is like, this guy is going to be on stage at the Oscars someday. It's like, this guy can carry movies, you know? For me, it was like, this guy can be an A-list movie star. Was my takeaway. Sure. I don't know. I did not see the Oscars. Yeah. But that's not a very good movie that the charisma of the lead guy yeah. has to be the only reason you're going to watch that. Kind of an underrated premise for they turn it into a TV show, mm-hmm. too. I like the premise of the magic pill. But from there, it takes off. Hangover 2, we'll put over there. Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, Hangover 3, we're going to put over there. Okay. <laughs> American Sniper. 
Yes. 2015, Aloha, Burnt, and Joy. What a weird year. Incredible what a run. run. Oh my Incredible. God. Alo- I forgot about Aloha. On the heels of American Sniper, which really is one of the biggest American drama hits of the last 20 years. Yeah. Huge, massive movie. Clint Eastwood directed. Obviously, he becomes a very important dude what to Bradley Oscar. Cooper here. Yep. Aloha, Burnt, and Joy. I stand by Burnt. It drives Chan crazy. He thinks it's an atrocity. There was, early in the Ringer's history, there was a month where I think we all just communicated via burnt quotes and gifts. <laughs> that was a very special time. Yeah, I like burnt. I don't really remember Joy other than not liking it. And then War Dogs in 16, but at that point he had been thinking yeah. of uh, Stars Born. And is he the biggest male star we have right now? Or would you still say Leo? I think it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I mean, I think there are guys who can kind of more consistently open a movie no matter what. Like Mark Wahlberg basically opens a movie almost every time he's in a movie. It doesn't mean the movie's but good. But he has to basically be Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think the difference between Bradley Cooper and Leo is I don't think Leo could have played this part. No. And I think Bradley Cooper could play more of the Leo parts mm. than Leo could play for Bradley Cooper. I disagree. At this point in their career. I disagree. I agree with you. You I disagree? Mean, well, yeah. I, I, I don't think, I think this is actually kind of firmly in Leo's wheelhouse. A star is born? Yeah. But here's the thing is that Leo's at the phase of his, his career where he's just playing Leo in every movie. That's what I mean. I, I think and he's given up on trying. Like the transformational aspect of this Bradley mm. performance, which again is partly because Bradley Cooper has not had as many chances at these types of roles to totally lose himself in a character or recreate himself in a character in this way. I don't know if Leo could write and conceive and shoot a movie like this. I don't also don't know if he can sing or play the guitar, which is something that Bradley Cooper does, which is pretty fucking hard to learn how to do. Uh, and he he does it fairly convincingly here. I, I wouldn't agree. say he's perfect, but just purely performance. I don't know. I'm a pretty big Leo, a pretty big believer in Leo being able to kind of do not anything, but anything that demands magnetism. That is like his greatest skill is look at me and look at what I'm doing. And that's that Bradley Cooper, to me, this is the first time he ever fully, fully has that. He's incredibly interesting and charming and weird and obnoxious in The Hangover. And he's really good in the David O. Russell I movies. I felt like he had that in The Hangover. Yeah. I thought he was really good in The Hangover. He is. But he, but he gets to only do it for sort of a third of the movie. A lot sure. of the time right. with Zach Galifianakis, he has to be at the center I, of this. I disagree. I don't think Leo could have done it. I well, don't think he would have. I don't think he could have put off the singing in the, uh, in the guitar. And I, I always would have felt like it was Leo. And I think what was interesting about Cooper in this, I, you really don't feel like it's Bradley Cooper. It's like. You don't. Yeah. It becomes this other person, which are always my favorite. Um, and then Lady Gaga with no makeup also seemed like its own human being that I hadn't really experienced before. Going no makeup for basically, what, two-thirds of the movie? Yes. Yeah, or- there's there's like an aspect of that that we should discuss, which yes. is the, the movie is premised upon this idea that is true also to Lady Gaga, which is that Lady Gaga, this feeling that Lady Gaga has no self-worth because she people don't think she's beautiful. So she's a great songwriter, she's a great singer, but she's ugly, quote-unquote. But like Lady Gaga is not ugly. And I know she's not porn star hot or whatever, whatever the assignation that you want to provide it. She doesn't look like Cindy Crawford, but she is like an incredibly striking person. And the way that Bradley Cooper's character talks about her is totally believable. You know, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. we were just talking about Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand is not a classically beautiful woman in the sort of painterly 20th century way, but she is, she has like a real command of any time she's in a room because she has a look. And Lady Gaga has a look. So that's the one thing as I watched the movie again, I was like, is is the reason that this person isn't a big star because she's not pretty enough? That doesn't seem to, that didn't well, seem to really watch with me. because somebody didn't like her nose or something, yeah. right? Yeah, and which it, 
is based on Lady Gaga's telling of her own experience. Right. So some of it is less like Lady Gaga doesn't feel that she's beautiful and more that, you know, a bunch of assholes in the music industry, of which we know that there are many, sure. did not feel that Lady Gaga looked like Cindy Crawford and told her so very rudely and that you then she wisely used it in her myth. I agree with you that she is extremely um, attractive and one of a kind and her appearance and that has played a huge role in her success because she's also used it. Yes. I think also she's weirdly better suited to being a movie star even than a pop singer because what she has is big features. Movie stars always have, you know, Betty Davis eyes or they Mm -hmm. have uh, Barbara Streisand's nose. They have these sort of signature things. And Lady Gaga is sort of all features. And when you look at her, you're like, wow, sure, that's an Italian-American girl Mm -hmm. from Long Island for sure, no doubt. But she has star quality. She has like face charisma. Yeah, on the 50-foot screen, it did... Some people can't hack it. Another, she felt like she belonged on the screen. I, I disagree, and I agree because I think, I think the thing with Lady Gaga is she doesn't seem to feel like she's attractive. Mm-hmm. I always thought she was prettier than she gave herself credit for, but it seemed like a big theme of her whole career was mm-hmm. like trying to hide her face mm-hmm. and do these weird wigs and masks and like like she was ashamed of how she looked or something. That's why I was surprised that she even did this. Yeah. And that she did it without makeup. It was so opposite of everything we knew about her. It's exciting. She's really great. Um, she's really great. She has some... She has chops. You know, she's not... And You guys saw The Wife. I didn't. Oh, it's... Yeah, I, no, you know, I, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, Glenn Close is an incredible actress. You, you like Glenn Close, too. I know. She's She's been in so many good movies, but... uh I mean, this, it's it's stupid that Lady Gaga is not winning, or Olivia Coleman, or pretty much yeah. every other person in the category should win over Glenn Close. Like that movie is such a this nothing a burger. Achievement? Pretty much, yeah, hundred percent. She hasn't won yet, right? No, no. She won Best Supporting. No. She's she didn't been, win for Garp. No. She's been nominated six times and she's never won. She holds uh, the record for the most nominations without oh my a win. God. Yeah. Um, tough beat. For I Gaga. remember reading this quote and sending it to Amanda because I was so delighted by it when Bradley was doing yes. press. Oh, I love these. Let's go. Do you want me to read them in the Bradley voice or yes, the Jackson, I do. Or I the Jackson main voice? I would love to hear your Bradley voice, actually. I don't. What is a Bradley I, I voice? It's just a little higher pitch, right? I don't know what that is. So he said uh, he was thinking about Clint Eastwood was going to direct this movie. And he wanted Bradley to be in it. Um, and he was 38 at the time. And he said, I don't know if I could buy me like that. And then he said, and then life happened. And we wound up doing American Sniper, which aged me. And then a year of doing the elephant on Broadway age me. I like when mm-hmm. people say things like that. Well, yeah. as you know, being on Broadway for a year can age you. And then he felt like he was ready. This is the money shot, though. I love Clint Eastwood. I look up to him so much. I always had in my mind, well, he was 41 when he made Play Misty for me. So I always thought when I get around that age, then I, I'm just going to direct which seems so pompous. Yes. Before we saw the movie, I was like, are you fucking kidding me, Bradley Cooper? Oh, well, you know, Clint made Play Misty for me, and so this will be my time now. And then he's a really good director. Yeah. And there's real nuance in this movie, and, like, he obviously was right. So the first time that we ever saw Bradley Cooper was not in The Hangover. It was not in Wedding Crashers. It was not on Alias. It was on Inside the Actors Studio. Yeah. When he was sitting in the audience and asking questions. And we know that he is obsessed with careers and mythology around careers. Yeah. And that's like, that's what this is. This is totally myth-making. You know, it's creating a persona for himself as a great filmmaker. Do you think he looked, he thought out his IMDb like two, three years in? Like, no doubt. Yeah. 
Because to me, it's like the tragedy for him that he would probably never say publicly is that he had to do the other two Hangover movies. Yeah, he got really rich off of those, though. No, I know he did, but just he probably looked because he has enough money now. Yes, he probably right. looks back. He could have said, like, I worked yeah. with David O. Russell and I worked with Clint Eastwood and I worked with da 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 da. Like he had the, he right. had the resume. I mean, that's why he was in Aloha. So, yes, you can't yeah. underestimate. I mean, we did, uh, right, Cameron Crowe. Exactly. I mean, he was, he was working with great filmmakers, even though they weren't great films. But we talked Aloha. That, we, <laughs> is, it, is it poor Aloha? Poor, poor us? Aloha. We should do an wow. unwatchables on Aloha. Aloha is is fascinating. That movie is all in my wheelhouse. I, I love know, Hawaii. I know. I like As Bradley Cooper. I. I like Cameron Crowe. Emma Stone, man. Emma Stone. Yeah, it's tough. How does that not work? Well, it's because she was supposed to be playing a person of Asian descent. So yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, that was a misread of the mm-hmm. internet. It was also a bad movie that didn't help. It didn't yeah. work. Uh, but Todd Phillips, you know, we did old school on this show a couple months ago, and. Todd Phillips is super important to the Bradley Cooper myth, too. This is clearly one of his best oh, yeah, friends. Oh, yeah, do the thing. Well, uh, what did he say? He had the quote. What did he say? Didn't he give him, like, send him a letter? I wish you believed in yourself yeah. like I believe in you or something. <laughs> yes, which is great. Todd Phillips as inspirational force in Bradley Cooper's life is just tremendous stuff. And Todd Phillips is a producer on A Star Is Born. You have, I have no doubt in my mind that those guys had long three-hour phone conversations talking about the art of filmmaking, oh. even if it's about old school or even if it's about yeah. A Star Is Born. It's funny. We're going to get through 2018 with these 2018 Oscars. And the same thing's going to happen that always happens where we're going to remember like these four or five movies, actors, whatever. None of them are going to be rewarded at the Oscars somehow. Yeah, that's true. Black Panther will get shut out. Yep. Mm-hmm. This movie will probably get shut out unless I still think Bradley Cooper has a chance. I hope Just so. Just because of Rami Malek, he's lip syncing in the movie. I think it's he- terribly directed. I, I agree with you entirely and have been on this for months. I don't understand that performance, but I, I mean, actors love big acting. They love seeing other people get to dance around on stage and, you know, express themselves. And I feel like this is the classic, we don't want to reward the movie, but we do want to reward This the is person. the movie that will, this and Black Panther will be the first two movies people remember, I think, from this year. Yeah, from 18. Of course. They're also right? the first and third biggest hits of the year, too. It's not like these are obscure, strange movies. They represent something meaningful to audiences. So it's just kind of weird that we're, they're overlooking it. Honestly, I think Bradley Cooper's running third to Christian Bale. Like, I don't, I don't think he has a chance. Wow. It's too bad. I mean, just we would have... Christian Bale gained the weight? Yeah, I mean, he gained the weight. It's a transformation. It's a guy who's kind of universally respected. He was really good in that movie. He's great. I'd be okay with that. I'm not good with Rami Malek. Sadly, I think people also remember that movie in 2018 because guess what? A lot of people like that movie. Oh, he mean Rhapsody. Yeah. My son's watched mm-hmm. it like seven times. It's just like a family movie. It's mm-hmm. like yeah. summer vacation, let's go see Bohemian Rhapsody type of movie, which is really hard to do. All right, the categories for A Star is Born. Most rewatchable scene. This is almost unfair. This is the first time I really feel like a uh, clear winner. Yeah, it's just, well, I thought we that, just have to go through the motions, but I, I yeah. also have eight scenes here. Okay, Right, good. I thought we were just going to do some honorable mentions. Well, that's what I thought we could do, the second most rewatchable <laughs> okay, scene. Okay, yeah, okay. With the understanding for listeners that the performance of Shallow by far is the most rewatchable scene. I, I mean, that's one of the best, like, seven minutes of this century. No doubt. Preach, Bill. So, here's what I have for the, for the runner-ups. The drag bar scene. Mm-hmm. Not my personal favorite, but I think he's really good in it. And watching his face as he's watching the whole thing and everything he's going through, I thought was uh, was pretty cool. So that's one. When he sings, maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in, See, the, already started in the drag, drag bar. bar yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, can you play scene. something? Yeah. yeah. 
Maybe it's time to let the old ways die Maybe it's time to let the old ways die And at that point, I intentionally didn't watch anything with this movie other than um, that one trailer. But um, I don't know. I was kind of good to see him break it out and actually do Mm -hmm. like He sounds good. All right, this is cool. This is an Eddie Vedder wannabe. Playing that bespectacled, bespangled guitar, you know? Oh, yeah. The parking lot scene, Mm -hmm. which you can go on YouTube and just search the parking lot scene and Mm -hmm. it comes up, which I think it's interesting. It's trumped all the other parking lot scenes Mm -hmm. in in the history Mm -hmm. of parking lots. Yep. I drove by that Super A a few weeks after A Star is Born was released and I put it on Instagram. And it was definitely the most Instagram engagement I've ever gotten. Wow. Like over anything, like not my wedding, not not anything. Like oh people my are God. just like, holy <laughs> shit, it's the, it's the grocery store. The Super A. Yeah. Gaga's first song on stage, which we'll dive into in a second. The Bradley Cooper Sam Elliott fight is Amazing. a great like 80 seconds. Amazing. The, the underrated I'll Always Remember Us This Way song. When the sun goes down And the band won't play I'll always remember us this way Really good Gaga. It's like her last great musical moment in the movie before she becomes a pop star. That's just a great three minutes. I was going to save this for a different category, but I just want you to know I wrote that down. I agree with you. That is That song is, we haven't been paying enough attention to it. Is that song, has that song become a hit yet? It feels like that song's going to have a run because Shallow swallowed up everything there for three months, but I don't, that song will have some legs. It's definitely the standout among like the Star is Born soundtrack hive, which is a separate group of people Ooh. who spend a lot of time listening to Dissecting the, soundtrack. the soundtrack. Yeah, and they were they immediately identified that. I should say Juliette Littman immediately identified this song as the best pop song in the movie. And Juliette knows what she's talking about. Well, you know, my daughter who likes to sing songs all the time um, and will probably sing at least one of these songs on stage at some point over the next four years in some sort of school something. This is like the perfect song mm-hmm. for her. It's just, it's got the nice beats. You get to go up and down. It's a little mellow. You get to mm-hmm. kick in. Shallow's tough because Shallow's going to lead to a lot of bad elementary school, middle school, and high school moments <laughs> with people trying to do yes. the, oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's yeah. just going to go wrong. It's yeah. like when we, whenever somebody tries to take on Adele, Yes. It's just like these are unhittable notes. Yeah, don't yeah. Ri- don't ride the dragon. Yeah. Just don't. Lady Gaga is is elite. She is she is yeah. at the highest level of being able to hit those notes. You can't do shallow. Don't do Adele. There's don't do it's Whitney true. Houston's yeah. um I will always love you. Yeah, you can't I will, do that. Just stay away. That's over here. Yep. You can't touch that one. But um that would be one of my advice for the for the young ones out there. I got a lot of other other scenes. I have a couple more. Okay. Um the Grammy scene. Which is really funny now. now is that, it rewatchable? It's, it's so it's, uncomfortable. It, it, hurt, it like hurts to it's watch it. It's funny now, though. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you know what's going to happen, it's actually kind of funny when he's standing up. So it's so funny because that is one of the most replicated scenes throughout all the remakes. You know, yeah. in, in the in the 50s and 70s version, they're, they're very similar. You know, that that same sort of embarrassment that happens there. But And there was something really funny about Halsey being in that scene because yeah. I feel like Halsey is in real life alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we haven't really explored that mm-hmm. much, but um, that I don't. I, I didn't like watching that scene. I loved rewatching this movie last night, but I, that scene, I like walked My out and got a glass of water, like dying laughing. I don't know why. It's just it's so over the top. <sighs> it is that. Yeah, 
he really doesn't need to pee on himself, but it's it's like they're just like, <laughs> we really got to like humiliate this guy. What can we do? Yeah. I guess that he didn't shit in his pants, which was nice, but, um, <laughs> but in the Chris Christopherson one, which you just watched, did you get to that part no, before you I stopped didn't. watching? No, I didn't. Yeah. So it, it's either the Grammy, it's the I think it's the Grammys, right? yeah. And he kind of wanders to the side, and but he doesn't actually go on stage, but causes a ruckus. But it's a much more low key. It right. almost looks like the Golden Globes. It doesn't look like the, the big thing now. And then uh, the Cooper Elliott final scene. Sure thing, Jack. Hey, you know uh, when I um, when I said I was, you know, when I took your voice, you know. Is you idolized, wasn't that? Which became a meme. Right. It's an extremely important moment in my life yeah. in 2018, okay. seeing that scene. And then the ending. So I guess I have nine. Yeah. What else do you have, Sean? Well, I think it, you can make a case that this is a movie of moments and not scenes, with the exception of the shallow scene. So yeah. all of the, the two big scenes that you talked about, the parking lot and the performance of shallow, everything that comes in between that stuff, particularly the cop bar, which is like, I think one of the great flirting yes. scenes in the history of movies. Agree. Well, because like almost every single person that I've come in contact with in the music industry has told me that my nose is too big and that I won't make it. Your nose is too big. Yeah. Your nose is beautiful. Are you showing me your nose right now? Yeah. You don't have to show it to me. I've been looking at it all night. Oh, come on. Oh, I'm going to be thinking about your nose for a very you're long time. You're full of shit. I'm not full of shit. Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. Yeah, you're full of shit. Can I touch your nose? Oh, my gosh. Let me just touch it for a second. <laughs> There's so much specificity and detail. And I wrote about this a little bit when the movie came out, but weirdness, the stuff that they're saying to each other is the stuff that people actually say to each other. When, when you watch a movie and two people meet for the first time, they have these kind of like vague movie star conversations that are not like something you would say to one another. Right. But the, the, the touching of the nose and the weirdness that Bradley Cooper's doing, maybe because he's drunk, maybe just because he's an odd guy, maybe just because they're so taken with each other. I also like that he couldn't hear a couple times. Like, mm-hmm. what's that? Definitely. Right. Yeah, they, like they, they see that. natural. Totally. Um, yeah. Also, all that stuff, I love that. It's really great. I love when he basically like turns the camera around and puts the, the camera on Allie when he's touching her nose, and then you get the, the audio goes way up. It's this Scorsese trick that he does where he turns the Allman Brothers way up on the soundtrack, and all you can look at is her nose and hear the blaring song. That's like, it's a pretty slick, showy move for a guy who's never made a movie before. I really like stuff like that. He did crib from a lot of different totally. directors mm-hmm. in this movie, which yeah. I like. I think that's it's great. I mean, that's what you're supposed to steal in the beginning. That is the right. all-time, although Scorsese must have gotten that from somebody. I'm sure. But I mean, yeah. using a pop song to explain something about a person in your movie is like, that. that is a Scorsese trope. Um, so I love that scene. And then that scene ends with Allie literally punching a cop in the face, yeah. which is pretty great. A little bit of an overlooked moment. And then the other thing too is I think they're really cute in the uh, supermarket together. Yeah. yeah. You know, when they're fishing around for the frozen peas and he's looking for gauze and all that stuff. It's stupid to say it feels real because it's not real. It's obviously constructed and heightened, but they're really, their chemistry is incredible. And they're so fun to watch in those early, like coming together stages. And that's why when you get to the parking lot, you're like, well, I'm so in on this. Yeah, I hope these these people yeah. make it. So, what's your what's your second most rewatchable scene? I wanted to add one more, please. Well, I so I also had bar scene with Jackson and Allie through the grocery store written down, which is just to say that I completely yeah. And I want to talk more about the romance element of this movie down the way because it we don't really get that many love stories anymore, and it's really really romantic, and you believe it, and it's 
very sad when it doesn't work out. So all of those scenes, mm. I mean, like the grocery store scene could be in a rom-com. Totally. For sure. And you know, I have a weakness for that. So that, but then we got to talk about Andrew Dice Clay and all the drivers <laughs> and everyone, everything that's happening in that. I, I want to put the two scenes together of them, like the morning when she comes home and is yelling at all of them. And then the morning after Shallow, when they're all there watching the replay and like explaining to each other what the YouTube count means. Yeah. I mean, Rhythm. that stuff's great. What's that number down here? That is how many people looked at it. Get the Ooh. fuck out of here. How do they know how many people looked at it? I think it's like they call it an algorithm. What's an algorithm? It's like a uh, beat. A beat? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like in music? A beat? Yeah. 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 Good it's stuff. It's very, very good. And, I agree. And is rewatchable in the sense of you just, they're very charming and you want to be in the room with them, mm-hmm. which, you know, I don't think I would have said about a team of drivers helmed by Andrew Dice Clay in pretty much any other circumstance. Yeah. So. Yeah, that stuff is great. That also feels like authentic, for lack yeah. of a better word. Um, it they, does feel like that should be her dad. Definitely. Yeah. Because we'll get to some of the other people yes. they tested for that role, but um, that was controversial. I would go for second best scene, uh, the parking lot scene. I think it's really good. And I think he's really good in it. Agree. Um, the way he looks at her yeah. when she's sort of yeah. writing the song in real time. And he's like, I think you might be a songwriter. You yeah. know, that, that yeah. is great stuff. Can I tell you a secret? I think you might be a songwriter. But don't worry, I won't tell anybody. That would probably be my vote, too. I'm going with bar scene. Because I agree. It's really great the flirting. Cop bar. Yeah, the cop bar. And you need... You need the meat cute and the chemistry in order for the grocery store scene to work. The other one that I really like that is very small is the very opening moments of the movie, which is camera on Cooper's back, handheld camera, and he's walking out on stage and he pops open pills and he shoots pills and then he's got a glass with gin and a lime and he takes a sip and he's so messy that you can see the gin coming off of his lips and his beard. And then he walks up and you can hear the guitar tuning up. And then he goes right into Black Eyes, which is one of the very good Bradley Cooper songs in the soundtrack. And it's like, that's character making. There's no dialogue. And you're just like, this guy's a fucking mess. Yeah, He's living really hard. He's able to command thousands of people at once. Like immediately, you know everything you need to know about him. Yeah, that's that's hard to do. You know, that's really good screenwriting and really good movie making. And then it cuts to the introduction of Lady Gaga, which is like equally effective. She's in the stall yeah. and is just breaking up with someone. You only hear one side of the conversation, and then they have that beautiful wide shot of her standing directly in the middle of the bathroom, just like, ah! yeah. And you instantly know, okay, this is not Lady Gaga. She's a totally different character. You understand a lot about her and you're hooked. Two people in crisis who need each other. Yeah. What was the name of the song he plays at the beginning? Black Eyes. Where would you put it against Fever Dog by Phil Water? <laughs> <laughs> it's in that exact same genre of like, this kind of sort of sounds like, like a, a song. song. But it also kind of sort of sounds like five guys were like, we're making a movie and we need a rock and roll song. You know, like <laughs> Greg Allman, 75 era. <laughs> exactly. The, uh, the first song on stage, let's talk about that really quickly. Because I really do think that's one of like the best scenes in a while. Shallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just everything. Like her watching, him saying he's him coming, trying to get her to come out. She won't, mm-hmm. but he's he handles it the right way. He goes out, he starts playing it, her reaction. The song's really good. Yep. The crowd's into it. And then when she finally decides to come out, all the little checkpoints she hits where she's like, Should I do this? 
this is the biggest moment of life. I'm going to do this. And then she's out there and she's singing. And the way she sings it where she's not really Lady Gaga, but she's like this person who's kind of finding herself on stage. Yes. I think that's really hard. I think he's amazing in it. And I really like the song. And it's like one of those things where if somebody's walking by a TV and that's on, they're probably going to stop. Totally. Like, oh, this scene. Yeah. All right. It's the definition of a rewatchable scene. I don't want to get too far ahead on nitpicks, but it is pretty hard to essentially orchestrate an entire I, masterful I that, pop yeah, song. I, I, I have a theory. <laughs> it's a leap I'm of ready, faith. I'm ready to talk about that when we, the time comes. Okay, we can wait let's for nitpicks. Let's save it but for wait, nitpicks. I want to talk one more thing about that scene. Okay. Because um, you talked about how good Bradley Cooper is in it. And I think, Sean, you mentioned in the parking lot scene and the way that Bradley Cooper is responding to Lady Gaga and how good that is. Bradley Cooper is an all-time supportive boyfriend in this movie in a way that's really phenomenal. And the it's at least a third of his performance and most of his performances on stage besides like he's either shredding or he's either strumming a guitar like he is in Shallow and just looking on at her yeah, really appreciatively. Yeah. And he's it's very generous. He's communicating love and belief and encouragement. And... I didn't know that Bradley Cooper had that in him. I don't think most humans on earth have that level, but the movie doesn't work without it. It's amazing. He's like Oprah up there. (laughs) It's like incredible. It's like, uh, to borrow a professional wrestling term, the Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, the people who can put somebody else over. He's selling. Yeah, he's he's putting her over in multiple scenes. He's really good. Does a good job of it. But it really, it propels that whole scene of just like, I believe in you and the Mm. audience believes in her and it just kind of keeps it going. It's amazing. What's aged the best? This movie's only been out for a year, so it's a tough one. But um, just a couple things I threw down. Mm -hmm. It's now the go-to movie for any girl or woman who's self-conscious about their nose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that scene becomes a pivotal scene for them. Congratulations for that. I think you could expand that to men. Okay, Sure. Men who um, are self-conscious, self-conscious about, about their, their noses? noses? Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, okay. Why not? I think if you can... I think... You got to be able to sing like Lady Gaga. Yeah. Like, there's a there's a second stage here. No offense to all the big-nosed people in the world. I have a, <laughs> a fairly big nose. It's it's more just like... The sale, the sale there is like Lady Gaga is transcendently talented yeah, and Ali, theoretically, is transcendently right. talented. So, right. in addition to having a big nose, she has a great voice and star quality. The uh, It's not just like big noses should rule the earth. This well, Bradley Cooper is basically like, I love your nose. That's yeah. his pickup line. Bradley Cooper also has a big nose. It should yeah, be stated. That's true. So do many people. Many people. The Sam Elliott meme? Mm-hmm. The, with the tear in the eye? I feel like that's going to go on for as long as we have memes, right? It's incredible. It's yeah. one of your favorite jokes. It's my. I, I love it so much. <laughs> I, I feel like I've talked about it on the podcast with the man almost every week because I'm like, can we just circle back to the best supporting right. actor conversation? Just want to get in <laughs> some last licks on Sam Elliott crying, pulling out of the driveway because <laughs> it, it is that amazing representation of guys don't know how to talk to each other. Like they just don't yeah. know how to talk to each other. Well, that's, that's a, why it's a cliche, but like brothers, especially like not knowing how to say, I'm sorry, or I look up to yeah. you or I love you. It's a, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a pretty real evocation of that. And I like how he delivers it. He gets out of the car and, like, and doesn't say it right away. And say, like, yeah, you know what I said before. Mm-hmm. And then like <laughs> takes like eight seconds. Mm-hmm. But he just does a he does a nice job. He's great. I put that on the best actor yeah. reel. If I don't say this, I'll never forgive myself. If you don't dig deep in your fucking soul, you won't have legs. If you don't tell the truth out there, you're fucked. <laughs> All you got is you. That whole scene is awesome. 
Is this an opportunity? I, 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 I just want to mail that to our writers once a week. Oh, I totally agree. It's really inspirational. It's you against the world every day. I will say. Deep, <laughs> dig deep in your fucking soul, dude, or that's you're not going to really have legs. That's true, but <laughs> that's a moment when Lady Gaga peeks through a little because they're out there on the beautiful the, yeah, Chateau the, Marmont balcony. That billboard is enlarged to about eight times the size <laughs> it is in real life, just FYI. <laughs> and he starts giving the speech and Lady Gaga just like looks off into the distance like she's receiving her Oscar right then. Mm. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> it's also just kind of a weird speech to be giving in the moment that she's about to like go out in her orange hair and like mullet skirt and yeah, but perform, that's what th- that's why he does it like, though. Yeah, because he see he sees that something's he sees turning the thing on the building. Yeah, he sees the alley. He knows what's going to happen. She's changed her hair. Yeah, and it's like the one moment where he's like, "Don't, f- don't forget, I'm you're just, gonna don't lose who you are." And she doesn't out, man. Them. Ship has sailed. Just yeah, maybe take. he might have given that speech a, a month before. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this is like a good opportunity to talk about what is the intentionality of this movie with pop music. Yeah. You know, we don't have to kill it, but I'm curious what you guys think. If you can think- we wait till what's age the worst because it's coming up, right? Okay. Now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, the only other thing I had for what's age the best is the ending, which I, it didn't totally work for me the first time, but now I get it, and it's it's better. And I like when they she's performing, but then I like how it cuts to him creating the song. And then to just start staring at oh, that's I a, think it really it, worked. It gets me every time. It's, it's an really all-time weepy it's moment. Yeah, yeah. the first time. I was listening to the soundtrack this morning, and I had chosen the dialogue-free version. Mm. But still, on the dialogue-free version, they cut to Bradley Cooper in that song. And I was just, like, in my living room, like, had to grab Getting the table. Like, up. oh, God. Same thing. And it's, this is totally a movie of reactions. And the way that she reacts to him mm. when he's sitting at the piano, and she, like, kind of leans into him, falls into him when he's finishing the, the chorus. Great stuff. So anything else for what's age the best? I My vote goes to the Sam Elliott meme because I, I really feel like <laughs> yeah. that's going to age nicely. <laughs> yeah, we'll be using that around the trade deadline a lot, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I, it has to be the soundtrack because I feel like the soundtrack's going to endure. I listened to it a lot the last couple of days. It's rare that when you have a character who have, you know, they have two different musical personas that for the most part, both of their songs are pretty good. Yeah. You know, Maybe It's yeah. Time is pretty good. Alibi is pretty good. With the exception of the one controversial Alley kind of go for broke SNL pop song, I think everybody likes all the Gaga songs too. So, you know, that's what my do you best. have, Amanda. I wanted to throw one more in, which okay. is just, hey, I wanted to take another look at you, mm-hmm. was a punchline for six months. Hey. What? I just want to take another look at you. And. In the movie, especially when it's used the second time, is very charming. And I think it's has taught us all to not be skeptical and cold-hearted. And I think now it's it's not a punchline. It's like, oh, that's a nice quote from the movie. Like, that's probably the most memorable line of the movie, which is— Has Zach Barron ever said that to you? No. No. Really? Sad. Yeah. Uh, Your it's, friend. It's also— <laughs> Do you want me to train him in the art of seduction? They're, they're Jesus. too busy, like, you know, driving out of driveways together. That's <laughs> fine. Uh, that's true. Um, th- that, that line, though, is from the other movies. You know, the I just yeah. take another look at you is not an original composition. You know, like, it's totally yeah. from the, the previous versions. But somehow, you know, shout out to the ringers, Dylan Berkey. Like, he probably made 500 right. memes related to that moment. We were talking so, about the Sam Elliott we meme. We just had him in a closet for two months <laughs> just cranking him out. What's age the worst? Um, I just like the first hour of the movie a lot more than the second hour. Mm-hmm. Me too. And uh, yeah. from a rewatchable standpoint, 
the second hour, it's it, there's a g- couple spots where it's a little bit of a grind. It's like, all right, we get it. She's becoming a pop star. Um, that would be one. Yeah, it hits a tough moment when it gets to the Dave Chappelle yeah. scene. That was my next one. Yeah. I, I like having Dave Chappelle in this movie. Me too. I like his performance in the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why he's in the movie other than they needed like a wrinkle and they sketched out the script and it's like, what if it went this way? And, oh, well, what if we got Dave Chappelle and it, I just don't get it. I don't think he's very profound. Um, I don't either. I mean, keep going. Then suddenly they're just like getting engaged at the dining room table. But at the same time, I liked having him there though. I'm like, I get that you're swept up and that love is real, but like, why is this happening? They basically get bullied into getting married by Dave Chappelle and his (laughs) wife. Um, It's weird. Which is, you know, it's nice that they got married. They obviously love each other. That scene, I agree. I think Chappelle's actually really good. He's really good, and it's the it's the one time where the material doesn't stand up to the performance. Gaga as a pop star, uh, hold that one. The SNL scene, which was so cool to see the behind the scenes mm-hmm. of SNL scene, but then the song's just not good. Did he really have to kill himself? Yeah, I mean, it's a remake of a movie yeah. in which the guy kills himself. Couldn't he have just hopped on a bike and gone 130 miles an hour and left a little mystery to it? He has to like. Do the garage? I I think to ruin the garage. One thing that is missing from popular movies in the last twenty or twenty five years is like a true tragedy. Very few movies end with tragedy. Like this is a tragedy. It is okay. a tragic Greek drama in a lot of ways. And I I like that. Like they follow through. You know they they set you up earlier in the movie by talking about you know the belt and the ceiling fan mm-hmm. when he was thirteen and all that yeah. stuff. So it's not like it comes out of nowhere. We know that he's basically a depressed racked person who's bound by his own addiction okay it also like the themes of the movie don't totally land if he just kind of goes off into the dark and you don't really know what happens and maybe he just like found another pop star and had another life or whatever i think you need the tragedy to underline the cost of fame and people who can't fix each other and love is possible anyway and music can represent certain things. But I don't know. If you don't have the closure, then it's just like some things happen to some people and and then they moved on. He has to die so she can live. That is literally That's the point fine. of the movie. Couldn't he have crashed his bike on the PCH? Well, I like the idea of him making the choice to say, I got to get out of her way because yeah. I'm bound to take her down given my proclivities. So Gaga is a pop star. I think this this is age the worst. I just wish the pop song had been better. It's I agree. a bad song. It is. Why did you do that? Is just not good. It's now the question for me, and I know you guys have talked about this before, but was it an intentionally bad pop song, or did they think it was going to be a good pop song? And I've never heard the answer to that because there's a version where they do kind of a catchy but annoying pop song where you're like, oh, I fucking hate that song, but I get why it's a hit. Yeah. That song's not going to be a hit. I think for me, it's not just the song it's also the visual transformation and the fact that she suddenly has this intense choreography and she goes from being someone who plays at a piano and is really like music forward to being yet another female pop star which no offense to female pop stars because i love them but it i think that they are trying to i think it's intentional that they are making a change in the type of musician that she is and yeah, let's are, let's offend them a little bit. Yeah. Oh. The female pop stars. Oh, I, I mean like the whole them. point of this is like she was so much more talented than no, just like dye your hair and go on SNL and do choreograph whatever. Like, I don't know. So I 
I mean, I don't think that this is a good pop song either. And I just, I don't know whether they thought it was and they were just trying to make her a different I would love to, star, somebody's got to ask him like 10 years from now, like, hey dude, I think they should what ask, happened with that pop song? I'd like to know right now. I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily like a bad choice. It's just, it's a choice. You know what his you know? answer should be? What? Uh, we made it intentionally bad. Because you can't lose with that answer, right? Right. Yeah, but you can't and, be like, yes. oh, we thought I that thought song it was going to be a huge hit. Then you sound like a jackass. That's true. I, I guess yes, the thing so, is, but you can lose with that because why does she have to be an intentionally bad pop star for this whole? This, narrative this is to the work? flaw of the movie: is it's trying to make this bigger sweeping statement on that pop music's bad. Right. I don't know. I don't if, know if you had to do it. I don't know if it's saying that. I think the weird thing about this to me has always been. The movie takes so much from Lady Gaga's own story and it applies it to Allie's story. But the thing that it doesn't take is that Lady Gaga has always been kind of musicianship first. Even when she was making like disco records in the yeah. earliest stages, she's very involved in the songwriting. She's very involved in kind of the machinations of everything. At some point in this movie, they make it seem like when we hear, why did you do that? That she'd kind of lost agency. That, you know, What's his name? Gaz? What what is her her uh, Rez? Rez, um, Rez no, her, her manager Rez later. Yeah. had basically like convinced her to sell out, but we never actually see it. The only time we see her in the studio it's when she's doing um Look What I Found, yeah. which is a cool song, yeah. which feels like kind of a contemporary pop song that like maybe not Adele, but someone in that mold would make. Right. And it's believable that you could be popular and have a song like like that song. But they never show us like, here's how you desecrated your artistry. She just kind of cuts to this bad song. So well, it's not really that believable, even. He, there's a part where they're in the rehearsal studio and he's in the corner, like, being like, I know you want to keep... She's like, I just want to stay myself. And he's like, I know, but the music, it'll be... The dancing will be authentic, but it'll still be you. Right. So it's kind of bullying. And then when she tries to ditch the dancers at one point... Right, she and, gets scolded for that. Yeah, she gets scolded. And then I didn't notice this until last night, but in her Grammy speech, she says, thank you, Rez, for getting me out from behind the piano mm-hmm. and putting me up front. So they they blame him. They blame him for a lot of things in this movie. He's um, not a very convincing fellow. <laughs> All you got is you and what you have to say to people. <laughs> They're listening right now. They aren't going to be listening forever. Trust me. I'm trying to think of who you're... I feel like you're doing like Jake the Snake Roberts. With Buffalo Bill? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Casting what if. So we all agree the pop pop angle probably aged the worst in this movie or would you go with Dave Chappelle? (sighs) They're both tough. I just... I don't think I know the answer to the pop angle. Yeah. You know, it's just not clear what they were going for. If they were trying to say that the music that Jackson Maine makes is the most authentic music and her singing a song that he wrote at the end of the movie probably signifies that he believes that that is the authentic, true version of music. Sure, that's a Whitney Houston song, which again, I love Whitney Houston, but Yeah. Sure. So, I but I don't written at a piano by a man. It's true. I just don't think that there I agree with you. There's not a ton of clarity in terms of their music orthodoxy. They don't seem to totally know what they're doing. I think they think they know, but they didn't really think it through. Want some casting what ifs? Yeah, let's do it. Cooper had to fight hard to convince Warner Brothers to cast Lady Gaga. Even show them an iPhone recording of himself and Lady Gaga singing a duet of Creedence Clearwater Revival's Midnight Special. Yes. This was a recorded in Lady Gaga's home. This is one of my favorite That's songs weird. to sing in my car alone. It's really yeah. funny. <laughs> I love Midnight Special. Um, remake talks began in 2011. Beyonce starring Clint Eastwood directing. She became pregnant. Mm-hmm. What baby was that, Amanda? That would be Blue Ivy. I okay. believe so. There you go. 
film was in development on hell for several years. Who knows if this is true? It's the internet. Various actors approached a co-star, including Christian Bale, Leo DiCaprio, Will Smith, and Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. I mean, I can't think of a bigger travesty than Tom Cruise in the Jackson well, Maine role. Right. I mean, he couldn't be Jackson Maine, but Tom Cruise as a washed up pop star who is working out all these issues. If you if if you figure out the music aspect of it, yes. I mean, he's already he was already yeah. in a, a music yeah. movie. Yeah. My answer is he was no. already okay. in Rock of Ages. I mean, You've already very seen him bad. sing. Here's so. what I'm from Tom Cruise. <sighs> Go in a bathroom with another dude and beat up a third guy and then have a big bathroom fight with him. And then, okay. And then go have to... a big bathroom fight <laughs> with him. That's, that's your advice for Tom that's Cruise. That's a reference to the film Mission Impossible Fallout, <laughs> yeah. which came out in August, which, and is, which is a great by movie. By the way, fucking awesome and might have to be on the rewatchables this year. Great. I love it. Mission no, Impossible a, Fallout is incredible. It's, it's, a dope. Gra- it's a great movie. Can we just get in writing you sending a letter to Tom Cruise that says, Dear sir, Dear Tom, go have a big bathroom fight. More bathroom <laughs> fights, less stars born scripts. Okay. 2015. Mm hmm. It was Cooper and Beyonce for a split second there. Yeah. I was trying to th- imagine, like, what is a Clint-directed Cooper and Beyonce, Stars Born? What is Beyonce like, in this role? She's too old. I, I, she's I'm, like 40 at this I point, I don't want right? to tempt the fates no. here. This is dangerous no, territory. 35. Be- Beyonce, guys, Beyonce can't act. Like, Beyonce can't. May- m- maybe under Bradley Cooper's direction. Oh, no. I said it. I, I, it's not. Beyonce is, is, is a <laughs> world historical pop star. When you at Sean, please do not put me in the tweet as well. Thank well, he, you. All right, so she, just, she just can't defense. act. Like, what I've is, seen Dreamgirls. I've seen Carmen and Hip Hopper. Like, I, I've I seen her act. I've this. seen Austin Powers 3. Like, she can't act. And pretty bad Lady Gaga, Austin. I don't know if we knew Lady Gaga could do this. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. But I, I, there would have been just something naturally stilted if it were Beyonce. Uh, Ray Liotta take. almost joined the film in the role of Jackson's manager, but then they decided not to have the part. You want to do a... Uh, <laughs> so what's the commercial? <laughs> oh, the, the nicotine the commercial? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay selected over Robert De Niro, John Torturo, and John Travolta. It's another another yeah. wrong way road. De Niro, interesting. It's variations on a move. Like we've seen that before from all those guys. Yeah. yeah. Deanne Waiter's a word. Wait, hold on. Let's just go back for one quick second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the idea here that they turned down Robert De Niro, John Travolta, and John Turturro for Andrew Dice Clay. Yes, okay. that was that I didn't happen. That. There is no way that yeah. happened. I, I, right? That's no one called Bob okay. De Niro. Certainly not Bradley Cooper, with whom he has worked now twice, I think, and said, "Bob, listen, love you, Bobby, but it's not going to be you. It's going to be Dice Man." That didn't happen. There's no way that happened. I don't know if it happened that way, but that's how it happened. <laughs> it happened where they they no had a bunch of people read. Dice Clay wins. Robert De Niro doesn't doesn't read. read. Well, that's maybe that's why he didn't get it. (laughs) He's like, I I don't want to read. They're like, sorry. There's no way. Okay. I'm just telling you what's on the internet. Okay. Deanne Waiter's a word. You know what the Deanne Waiter's a word is, Um, I feel like this is the first time that I've ever understood or I've ever been like, I know who it is in this movie. Biggest heat check. Small amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have an answer. I got an answer. I have an answer. The nominees are Sam Elliott. Mm -hmm. Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. And Jackson's dog. <laughs> wow. That, that is a twist that you threw in at yeah. the end. Okay. Ooh. My answer is Andrew Dice Clay. Okay. Are we sure we don't want to put Alec Baldwin on the board? No. For his introduction no. of Allie? No. <laughs> nice. Uh, what about Halsey? Halsey? Yeah. No? No. Um, it's got to be Dice. Yeah. I don't think Sam Elliott is not in a Dion Waiters thing here. I think, I think he's he, in it a little too much. He's in I it too much. I think Dice is the right answer. 
that dice was pretty good in this movie. Half-assed internet research. I have some locations for you for some of the shooting. Great. Yeah. Opening scenes shot at uh, Coachella. Yes. Mm-hmm. The blue blue where the drag bar where he meets Lady Gaga. You know where that is? No. The Virgil. That is the Virgil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, cool. I've been there. The cop bar. You know where that was? No. The shortstop. It is the shortstop. Echo stop. Park. Is I did it? know that. Yeah. yeah. I did know that. Wait, It really? looks just like the shortstop. Does it? Yeah, because when you walk in, it's got that long bar down the end, and then you can make a right, and you go into the big room. Yeah. That makes oh, a lot of sense. Shortstop. How did we not go there? Shortstop's around the corner from my house. Yeah. That should be like Ringer Drinks on a Friday night, really right? It's very loud. Dodgers, so then you got to go to Little Joy. So I, you know, during yeah. the winter. I'll tell you what, not a lot of cops in the shortstop. Yeah. No. Supermarket scene, Super A Foods, Supermarket, and Glassell Park. I don't know where Glassell Park is. Where is that? Northeast LA. Okay. Allie's big debut song mm-hmm. was shot at The Greek. The Greek. Had no idea. Jackson, Maine's home. You see, you're in the Stars Born Hive, the yeah, real estate. I know. Hive. I saved this. This is the intersection can of we, all your interests. Can we it really put is. the link in the the link, the Zillow link in the description for everyone, just sure. so they can see There's it. There's a Zillow beautiful. link to this home. Oh yeah, it was in our Slack. What's the price? Oh, hold on. We Pause we might have it. it we have it at Stars Born. No, it's in the Montanito neighborhood of Calabasas. Okay, I'm not familiar with that. That sounds lovely. It's kind of beautiful. Kind of in the mountains. Sold after filming. Okay. In 2017. For, oh, for $2 million. Tough. Huh. Tough garage situation with that. <laughs> I mean, every time you're up in the garage, you're just scared. <laughs> I was going to say, do you think that it's become it's more valuable since the filming of the movie, but maybe they have to burn that garage to the ground. Or I don't know. Change the door and make it uh, <laughs> open left to right. That's good. Bradley Cooper had to undergo a full body spray tan every day and endure menthol around his eyes to look bloodshot and high. He looks like he's applied auburn-colored shoe polish to his face every day. It's a weird spray tan. His face color is extraordinary to mm-hmm. me. It is a high level of red. Lady Gaga remained barefaced with only a lip balm and moisturizer in the majority of the filming. I got to say, underrated. Looks great. Can I just underrated say— Underrated being I, a 50-foot screen. Oh. May the woman on the podcast yeah. speak. And may I say that I think Lady Gaga looks beautiful throughout this film. Yeah. Are you guys familiar co- with the concept of why are you making that face? I'm not making any face. I know what she's going to say. Uh, are you familiar with the concept of no makeup makeup? Yeah. Yes. Okay. A little, little bit of a base. That's what's happening here. And it's beautifully done and it does look like her and it's very natural, but I need everyone listening at home and you too. Both to understand that moisturizer and lip balm, like, no, no, fam. Amanda. Not it, under those lights. This is a very valuable property for the ringer. Okay. And if you get us sued by Lady Gaga okay. <laughs> for claiming no makeup makeup when you cannot, in fact, prove it. That's true. I can't prove my, it. My wife is also on this corner. Okay. She's like, there's no way there's no makeup. Yeah. I mean, there's just basic makeup that you have when, you when you're being filmed basic. and you're under lights and all yeah. those sorts of things just for like an even skin tone. I, I'm not even claiming that I'm proud of her for no makeup. I honestly okay. don't care, but. No, it's okay. impressive. It's impressive? What it's she's It's impressive done? to go on a movie screen without yeah. makeup. It's a 50 foot screen. Like every yeah, blemish to, you have on your face. To be out in public without okay. any sort of armor. I agree. It's, yeah. Okay. I Shout out to her. And no makeup, makeup. Okay. We should get sponsored by some sort of no makeup, makeup company. Glossier. Um, if you guys want to send me free stuff, feel free. <laughs> Shameless. Always to my, <laughs> that's journalism in 2019, I always folks. talk to my daughter about this. Oh, yeah. No makeup whenever you can do it. I agree. Hardest thing to pull off. 
I agree. If you can look good with no makeup, you're you're accomplishing something. Both in life. Amanda and my wife are firmly in the kind of no makeup yeah, camp. Yeah. yeah, so impressive. Thank you. Uh, Jason Isbell wrote "Maybe It's Time," yes. which you guys knew. He's awesome. Cooper, Just for the did record. you know that Cooper spent a year learning how to lower his voice by a full octave? He was an octave too high for what he wanted to do. How did he learn? He had a vocal coach, mm-hmm. and he just constantly learned, and he like built up his his throat. And so he it's just, just like muscle work to it's develop work. the yeah, ability to constant. be able to do it. And that's why when he did the time. Vegas show, he wasn't doing the work anymore. Mm, yeah. So I listened to a very good interview with Bradley Cooper in which he talked about his vocal exercises before he would start on this film, and I think he learned them on The Elephant Man. But before he goes on stage or on the set, he says a hundred times. 11 elegant elephants. Okay. And that's how he learns how to, you know, energize his voice. Bradley Cooper weirdo? Yes. Okay. Sure. But that's what's so beautiful about this is that he channeled, <laughs> first of all, he gave in to the weirdness. This yeah. is a weird Bill's movie. Bill's very proud of himself for asking no, that question. Just, I was just like, weirdo. Like underrated, just a, weirdo. This movie's actor. weird. Yeah. Actors are strange people by nature. Like, Going to all the inside the actor studios and with sure. like well, he was a, great a student question. at the actor studio. No, he wasn't he, like some drifter who wandered really into these. His, <laughs> really had his great question each time. Though. He did have a good questions, very deep, methodical. Practice it. How he's going to stand. He's a performer. Yeah. Bradley Cooper ad libbed the "You're Ugly" scene. Hey, do you got those pills in You're your pocket? You're just fucking ugly. That's hey, all. you got. Th- I'm what? You're just fucking ugly. Get the fuck out! Get out! I said, get out! Fine. Lady Gaga didn't know that was coming and her reaction was genuine because she was upset. That's a vicious moment. Yeah. yeah. Although she started it. Let me just go on the record here. Nobody wins. She went the dad card. Dad card, very dangerous yeah. for a fucked up do daddy's boy like Jackson the person who was drunk in the morning probably started no. it. Drunk, she was, drunk she, envious guy didn't help. Nobody won. No one won. No winners in that scene. I thought she pulled out the blade too soon. That was my thought. When yeah. I was rewatching it, I was like, settle down, Allie. Yeah. Okay. It was a heat check. That's a, like a deep misreading of <laughs> heat the check scene. Heat check insult. And I don't know. Settle, like, settle down, Marriages, okay. but okay. Willie Nelson's son, Lucas, wrote several of the songs. You knew that? Yep. Bradley Dog's actual dog, Charlie, played the dog. Yeah, so I have a question about yeah. this because I knew Great that. Job. And Great. then I didn't realize Charlie is first given to Bradley in the film as a puppy. Mm. So did they get Charlie for the movie and they just kept him? Uh, or is it a puppy double? And is there going to be like a Lena Dunham situation oh, now no, with Charlie where not. Charlie no. has no parents right no. now? No. No, no okay. I believe that Charlie has do- is his dog now, but it's it's definitely, Charlie's much smaller when he first shows up in the movie. Did you use the phrase puppy double? Yeah. Puppy okay. double. Puppy double. Oh, I like okay. that. Good. Bradley Cooper said Lady Gaga was the one who convinced him they should sing live. She said she hated watching movies where the actors were not lip syncing correctly to the songs. And that's what inspired Cooper to get more. Yeah, you hear that, Rami Malek? Training. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this that's is, why Rami Malek should win Best Actor right there. This is a little pointy-headed, but one thing that I think deserves a lot of credit in this movie is the sound editing and the sound mixing, which are really hard things to do and a real skill. There's a reason they yeah. give those awards out separately at the Oscars. If you watch the opening scene where he's performing uh, Black Eyes, you can tell that no one is cheering. People yeah. are like really confused why Bradley Cooper is playing a song they've never heard before. <laughs> yeah. like if you look out into the audience, but the audience noise is perfect. You completely buy it if you're not paying super close attention to that. And that's one of those things where mixing that audience sound in with the band's performance, and then it happens all throughout the movie where you have different moments where it just sounds so perfect. It's, it's part of the reason why. And the movie is also really loud. 
the volume of the movie is a, is a part of the reason why people should see it in theaters. Yeah, I agree. Gaga had to perform the last song uh, shortly after finding out her best friend had passed away. Oh, yeah. And brought that into the I didn't know thing. that. It was like That's the same awful. day. Majority of the drag queen scenes, unscripted and improvised. Bradley Cooper doing a little Adam McKay. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty funny. Let's go. Let's, They're so, delightful. let's try one more take. Um, Jackson Maine's death foreshadowed many times in the movie, but one time you might not have noticed the beginning, the, him and the driver are stopped at a red light. There's a billboard with four nooses displayed next to Jackson's head. The nooses foreshadow. Sheesh. Yeah, there you go. Apex Mountain. Wait, you want to, can we just do one more little internet research thing? Yeah. Um, this movie is just strictly about colors, right? So when we first see Jackson Maine, when he's in the car, it's all blue at night. When he goes into the blue, blue Lady bar, Gaga walks his moment, yellow. she walks out red, all red. Lady Gaga is red. Jackson Maine is blue. End of the movie, when Jackson Maine is hanging from the garage, you, all you can see is the police car lights flashing blue, red, blue, red into oh. each other. And that's kind of the end of the movie. It's good filmmaking Bradley stuff. Bradley Cooper, not good enough to get Best Director nomination. Those are those are choices. They're they're a little obvious, but they're also a little subtle. I like stuff How like do you, that. This is really nerdy and also a dumb question. Pink is red and blue. blue. Yeah, Le'Veon Rose, the sign over the thing. Exactly. Wow. Apex Mountain, Bradley Cooper. Gotta be. It's the yes. apex of his career. I would say a thousand percent yes. Be. Yeah. Lady Gaga, I don't know enough about her career to answer that. I mean, she was I pretty tremendous freaking successful already. But she's also, we're counting music as well. Yeah, I think so. I, you know. She had to have had an Apex Mountain before this. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, she has obviously been a majorly, majorly, majorly successful pop star. Mm-hmm. And that is a unique kind of fame. I would say, the more I think about this movie... And I give a lot of the credit for the movie to Bradley Cooper, but I give a lot of the credit to the movie's success to Lady Gaga because she's an internationally famous person who is who kills it in the movie. And people are going out for that. I don't think they're going out for Bradley Cooper. I think I they're going out for her. That's a good point. So if she's able to do that, this might be the, the peak. This movie also isn't just popular in America. It's popular around the world. It's made like almost $500 million. It immobilized her fan base totally. Too. Yeah. Which is so I would say yes, a tentative yes. And if she wins, one thousand percent yes. It's a personal Apex Mountain for me. I think that for people who really There's like, no such thing as personal Apex yeah, Mountain. Yeah, yeah. You this can't you're confusing. When is she had the most No, I'm not. When I, is she I had the most career, I've asked him like eleven career. times during the show, <laughs> what is Apex Mountain? I know. It's not personal. Most success, career leverage, everything. Oh, peak of, peak okay. of her so powers. it's objective. It's not yeah. just like is this the um hmm. I don't know. It's got to be earlier than this. If she wins yeah. Best Actress, though, I think it becomes Apex Mountain. Her okay. getting nominated for this? No. The, uh, nobody else qualifies for this. The Joe Pantaleone Award, a.k.a. the Joey Pants Award, for the best performance by that guy or that girl. I'm going with Gaga's gay friend who comes to the concert with her. I don't know what that guy's name is, but he's good in it. Now I know him as Gaga's friend in the movie. He's from that Hamilton. Guy. He is from Hamilton. He is a yeah. Hamilton guy, right? Yeah, his name's Anthony Ramos. Anthony Ramos. Well, I didn't know that. I believe he was, uh, is he, whose son does he play in the film? Does he play Hamilton's son? Is that plausible? Oh, in Hamilton. Yeah. I thought you meant in the movie. And I was like, I don't know if yeah. we get his parentage. I can't remember. I don't, I don't okay. know. Would this movie have been better with Danny Trejo, Steve Buscemi, or Michael K. Williams? Wait, you didn't do Ron Rifkin. 
for the for, for, the, for, for Joe, the Joe Pantoliano. Yeah. Which one is he? Ron Rifkin is the old guy that Bradley Cooper talks to when he goes into rehab. Oh yeah. Oh that guy. So oh, yeah. that's see, he's the winner. That's so, a good yeah. one. The and and one of the Ron things Rifkin's that I one. like about this movie is that both Ron Rifkin and another that guy, Greg Grunberg, who plays his driver, were Bradley Cooper's co-stars on Alias. Oh, right. Which was his big break in network television. And that's him bringing his family back mm. back into the mix. All right, we'll make them co-winners. Michael K. Williams definitely could have been at Chappelle's house. I would have enjoyed that. <laughs> his brother-in-law. Yeah, that would have been good. He's a little off the rails. The Saul Rubinek They Knew Award for the best overacting in the movie. It's tough. I didn't really feel like there was like signature overacting. I thought Rez the manager was pretty bad. He's a weak link for He's me. He's bad. I agree. So I would give him this just because I, I think he deserves some sort of acclaim, reverse acclaim. So one of the weird things about Rez is, in the movie, his name is Rez Gavron. Mm-hmm. And in real life, his name is Rafi Gavron. So why? Why is his last name Gavron in the movie? Weird. I wonder if he's like- Has anyone name. asked anybody about that? This is a part, it's like a Billy Zane part. Mm-hmm. Where totally. it's just like yeah. the first time you lay eyes on him, you're yeah. like, that person's no good. And totally. he's kind of owning it the whole time. That's true. I have Could've to worked. say, if it, didn't it work had, for me. if it had been Billy Zane, it would be really over the top. There's an insidious nature to this guy. Yes. He's just kind of lurking and things are going very bad. Do you buy it when he finally confronts Cooper at the end of the movie and he's like, you're ruining her career. You're going to take her down with you. Because that's the one scene that is like, mustache twirling villainy mm-hmm. it feels a little it felt a little inauthentic to me I mean it, it leads to him literally killing himself I right. think with so, the right actor I would have bought it okay. I didn't think he was the right actor for that scene I mean I don't know whether that would happen in real life though everything that I know about the music industry leads me to believe that they would say that mm-hmm. but it's certainly those conversations are happening without the Bradley Cooper character in the room can you guys name two maybe even three music managers in the world right now? Rez. Rez, yeah. Is he a manager or producer? I believe he's a manager, is the impression I got. Because when she comes off the stage and he confronts her for the first time and he's like, hey, and she's like, I know who you are. And she clearly has a sense of who Rez is. Yeah. Right. But I thought that that was in the Max Martin vein, in the the kind of big name producer, Producer, like career maker name vein. We're going to pick some nits. Opening scene, I just don't understand the geography. So he's in Coachella. He's playing in Coachella, but I don't know if that's supposed to be Coachella or some LA place. Like in real life, he starts in Coachella and ends up in East Hollywood, which is two plus hours. He's in the limo. Not at night. You never driven with me. Hour 40. Um, In the movie, I think he's supposed to be in LA. I still don't understand how he ends up driving around and he ends up where he does. I'm just confused by all of it. I wish he had almost been playing at like Dodger Stadium. It would have been made more sense. Well, I think what we're meant to believe is that he is somewhere outside of Palm Springs looking for a place to get a drink because Greg, Greg Grunberg says you were an hour 40 away. So right. he's not in LA proper, I guess. I thought but that then he, he ends in- up back in LA and I think that's when he goes to the bar in East Hollywood. Well, they say that we're east of the city, which I thought meant Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I assumed hour and 40 was an hour and 40 from the beautiful canyon in oh, Calabasas. Oh, I see. Okay. That I would love to, yeah. Oh, love to, oh. okay. That seems too far, though. I don't know. I have a lot of geography questions. Okay. Are we sure Jackson, Maine is still selling out concerts like this? This is a great mm-hmm. topic of conversation. I'm so interested in who Jackson, Maine is supposed to be. What artist? Because we know that he 
spent some time with Eddie Vedder and asked him a lot of questions. He freaking stole Eddie Vedder's whole act. I, I wouldn't go that far. No, I mean, his whole, his whole thing. A lot of his look, look. A lot of his look. Look, beard, and voice. Other he, than that, he didn't take anything. But his music is much more country. You know, mm-hmm. there's a much more of a twang to what he's doing than what Eddie does. Well, he was, he kind of played the Neil Young card a little bit in some of the Little interviews. Neil Young, little Willie Nelson, but like the the band that I could, o- and we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. I can only think of that has anything close to a trajectory like this is Kings of Leon. Yeah. That's the only band that has that sound, but is still kind of authentically rock and roll. I was going to say if it was like Mumford, but no sons. But they don't rock those guys. They're right. folky and they're dweebs. There's you know? just nobody who does this, basically. Yeah, I think that's it. Which is, I guess that's okay, but... Do you think there will be now? you think Jackson Maine will inspire a, a bunch of maniacs? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> right <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that there are people trying to do this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I agree that Kings of Leon is the direct comparison. You could say that, like, Imagine Dragons is a really bad version of this. Mm-hmm. And the, all of those people who are trying to do a bit of folk and a little bit of rock and a little and be non threatening. Um, it's and really do it's, sell out. But, it's 70s gimmick, basically. Yeah, it is. Into but it's 2019. The bad it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would work. I think if the right person did it and had songs like this and could play the Neil Young type. Hard rock songs in concert, but then also do the sentimental songs. I think I, I mean, think that the, person has a career. The other thing is that what he has five songs total mm-hmm. in the and that's including the soundtrack. So it's easy to be great and sustain everyone's attention for five songs. At like hour three of him rocking out in the way that he does while I mean, on you know, drunk on gin. I don't know. There are country rock stars who do stuff like like Eric Church is a huge star mm-hmm. who makes rocking songs, has a huge following. I think he's kind of unknown to people who don't necessarily traffic in, you know, even popular country music. But, you know, there are people who make songs like this. They're named Lucas Nelson and, and Jason Isbell. Right. They wrote these songs. They're right. not that far from the songs so you know, that they, they, they write. So they're selling at India. They're not. I, you know, they're good musicians. Lucas Nelson's Willie Nelson's son. You know, it's not like... He, he's I'll tell got, you one thing, though. You don't tell, tell the truth <laughs> out there. You're, you're fucked. Um, I haven't done one Jackson Maine impression. I'm really proud of myself. So you mentioned this earlier. We might as well cover it now. I don't even know. There's a lot to talk about here. What are the ads they'd sing shallow that perfectly with no rehearsal? She sang two okay. different pieces I'm, of a song. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. He's, I'm ready. He's arranged this perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She instantly knows. Yeah. He's he's like a drunk fucking loser <laughs> who in this parking lot remembers perfectly every word of these two different things she sang. Okay. The guy can't even fucking buy potato chips. Okay. All right. I just have some issues with it. I'm ready. Okay. So, the crucial thing here is the is the night sky, okay? Because in the grocery store at in the parking lot, it's dark. Yeah. It's definitely nighttime. And when he drops her off, it is daylight. It's not even like the sun is rising. It's like full-on 7:30, like time to get your kids to school, daylight. So there there are a few hours unaccounted for. And I think that in those few hours, what? There are. Keep, keep going. I'm ready <laughs> I'm so for the theory. Sorry, that's how the world, it's how the earth turns. I merely literally. arched my eyebrow. And in those few hours, I think that they actually finish writing the song together. Because, that's what you hope happened. Well, I, that and they also have sex. I don't think they had sex I don't in think so either. They didn't I, have sex of course them. they do. There are hours unaccounted for. What do you think's happening? I think wow. the sex scene that we see is the first time they've had sex. That's what I thought. I think there's a lot of ceremony around that first sex scene that indicates that that's the first time. Okay. 
No. They okay. definitely yada this yada. This makes more sense than the yeah. alternative, which is just instinctively she understood that these two separate things she had done right. have been arranged perfectly. Because they finish it. They don't even, the chorus the way, is not in the parking lot. The, so I'm okay with it because there's leaps of faith in every movie. You know, Creed 2, he gets punched 190 times in the first two rounds. <laughs> yes, like that's it's true. It's just, it's a movie. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, it, it would just it, be impressive if somebody actually did this in real life. It it undermines a little bit of the alchemical authenticity that comes in every scene up until that moment. Everything that happens up until that moment, one of the things that I like about it, I already talked about this, is I'm like, gosh, I feel like I'm right next to them. I feel like I'm watching them do this for real. So the idea of them just like vanishing for four hours and breaking out the acoustic and then arranging a pop song together whilst drunk? Well, no, he does the arrangement. He says so. But I think that they at least finish writing the song. Well, in Amanda's together. world, the limo driver's helping them out with the arrangement and this is every three hours. <laughs> the limo driver. Anything's okay, possible. This is the magic okay. bullet theory of a, a star is born. Of. The limo driver is sitting in the corner of the parking lot eating Cheetos. So he's there. He's there. He's a witness. Let's find him and he's ask. He's like, hey, yeah. what if you merge those two songs together? You think he's hitting the keyboards? Too, yeah, just I mean, to fill in. Amazing. They any other finished the song? Any other nitpicks? Um, I don't. I don't think so. I, you know, I think that they work very, very hard in this movie to convince you that Sam Elliott could be Bradley Cooper's brother. There is a, an unreasonable amount of exposition in the movie telling Bradley Cooper's family's backstory, and then there's a lot of conversations between them, which I love. I love everything they're doing together in this movie, but where they, where they're like. We looked like a father-son act, you know? Like, that was almost like one step too far. So I, I, I just... He really wanted Sam Elliott in this movie. And he yeah. really wanted it because he he literally stole his voice. Yeah. So they, they go to great lengths, is all I'm saying. Okay. Best quote, ironically, if I was no good, then why'd you steal my fucking voice? Could you have nothing to fucking say? Brutal. Incredible. Brutal. And then the other quote said it. Is there any other quote that jumps out to you? No, I mean, the only other one besides just want to take another look at you. Um, oh, that's a good one. Which is, yeah, yeah. you know, from the franchise, but I think they use it in a nice way. I mean... I also, um, I love your fucking nose. It's awesome. That thing's great. I love your nose. <laughs> it's real big up there. I wish it was bigger up there. <laughs> the whole thing should just be your fucking nose. <laughs> Fuck all those people who ever said anything. Just put a billboard of your fucking nose up there. Ridiculous. I think like does shallow count as quotes? I think all you gotta do is trust me, is is which okay. is what he says to her right before he pulls her on stage. Yeah. That's that's a very memorable moment. Could this be remade as a 10 episode Netflix show? I say no. No. That'd no. be weird. It would just be a different experience. Yeah. Probably unanswerable questions. Why didn't Bradley Cooper ever admit that he's doing an Eddie Vedder impersonation? He lists all these other people. Meanwhile, we know he spent time with Eddie Vedder, and he looks like Eddie Vedder. He's doing an Eddie Vedder impersonation. I don't know. I honestly don't know. This is actually, we talked about who would this musician be in mm-hmm. real life. It's probably Eddie Vedder if Eddie Vedder lives, leaves Pearl Jam in like 2003. Yes. And then has a solo career and becomes uh, Jackson Maine. How big of a deal would it have been in real life if Jackson Maine pissed all over himself on stage at the Grammys? I mean, w- would you call everyone to, we, to, to our desks and would yeah, we record an ringer? instant podcast? What happens at the ringer if that happens? Emergency piss podcast. <laughs> Jackson Maine has wet himself. Yeah, well, so piss cast. Yeah, so it's tough, right? I mean, it would be a huge deal. Literally, the internet would melt and we would have would to do a lot of Would that be the biggest Twitter moment ever? 
Yes. So then it, you know, then day two is like, should we be making fun of someone who has a substance abuse problem? Oh, yes. And then day, I mean, which like, it's not even day two. I would like, we would have to, before we shame, did the podcast, I would have to be like, Bill, we need to remember when we're talking about yeah, people who pee in issues. public because uh, of substance. That's great. Right. So, and then it would, there would be a backlash to that of like, he should take responsibility for his actions. And then day four would be like, you know, the, all the Lady Gaga is in the shadow of this great person. And this represents how like the patriarchy the backlash to the backlash yeah Yeah. and then day five the pro piss people come forward and they say you (laughs) should be able to piss your pants in public you're kink shaming and day six is like he's in the treatment facility and there are all the pictures and it's like you know Jennifer Garner handing the bottle the (laughs) the fast food and it would just go on and on it wouldn't be just be like a moment it would be a month long saga nice callback to Bradley Cooper's co-star Jennifer Garner yeah on alias yeah full Um, circle First of all, that all sounds incredible. <laughs> we would have got a lot of traffic out of all of that. That would have been amazing. I've been amazing. doing this job for too long because that all just like flew off the top ah, of my head. Maybe at the Grammys really that tough. can happen. Yeah. Um, it's a little... It, it, I don't know if they needed it, but I'm glad it happened. <laughs> it, it's okay. As I said, I it's a little hard I to watch. to Amanda when this movie came out, and I was like, the weirdest thing to me is that they didn't use like magazine covers and try to tap into the TMZ Mm -hmm. type of stuff in the world, especially when he goes to rehab. And you had a good point, which was they want this movie to kind of be timeless and not belong to an era. Because there's a version of that where they really, really go all into the celebrity gossip world and blind items, all that stuff. And they just veered away from it. The only thing they really did was YouTube, but YouTube's around forever. So that's easy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Halsey, SNL, and Alec Baldwin are kind of the markers of right. and modern never culture. Going away either, SNL's so. 40 SNL is forty years old. YouTuber. Yeah, uh, who won the movie? I mean, no one at the Oscars, which is sad. Uh, yeah, tough mm-hmm. beat. I know. I've been saying Cooper forever. It's Cooper. I mean, who who now has a more anticipated follow up on his next movie than Bradley Cooper? I also vote for Cooper because I think. As actors, I think it's equal, but then mm-hmm. the fact that he also directed it and conceived it and fought for Lady Gaga and all that stuff, this is a pretty easy one for me. Yeah. Yeah. All due respect to the lady who I thought was really good. The lady. Yeah. The lady. The lady. The lady. Nice. That's what I call her now. Um, incredible Cooper win. We how many times have we done who won the movies? How many I mean, we, how, we've done how many episodes? Every one, right? Uh, 60, this 70 is, episodes. This to me yeah. is one of the clearest ones. Because the, yeah. the, the, no the star director combo is no I'm always really impressed when anybody can do that. It's hard. And I mean, and part of the victory is that it, it's a big gamble and he Yeah. And it and it paid off, which I just we did don't not know think how, was gonna happen. How are you directing the movie, but then you're also in character remembering your lines, the performance, how to play off? There's just so much going on. I, I mean, there's a reason it goes so badly almost every time. I mean, Chris Rock tried to do it once, remember? Well, he re- tried to remake the Warren Beatty movie. Yeah. Um and having started and directed in it. Yeah. And that, that, Shockingly it, it was not. It's good. very hard. I mean, we talked about this earlier this week on our show, but you know, Kevin Costner did this. For Dances with Wolves. Yeah. You know, he literally did all the stuff that we're talking about. I don't know if he wrote that movie, but he he oversaw the production of that movie fully and was awarded for it, even though I, I haven't met a person under 30 who's ever seen Dances with Wolves, which is another... It's it's like three and a half hours. It, it yeah. is quite long. It needed an editor. Um, Craig, have you seen Dances with Wolves? No, no. Firm no mm-hmm. from Craig. Craig's like, who's Kevin Costner? <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. Uh, what do you want to see Bradley Cooper do next? Because he's got a blank check now. He's just not that into you too. <laughs> <laughs> Hangover four, yeah, limitless two, the that's, sequel, that's prequel. Good. Yep, that's great. Um, 
I think it'll be interesting if he does anything. You think he's just going to vanish from society? No, he could do the move where it's like, I don't know how to top this, so I'm not going to do anything for two years because I'm paralyzed by all my choices. Wow. Could be in play. And also paralyzed by the fact that I wasn't rewarded the way that I thought I would be rewarded, which... Yeah, it's hard to know what level of expectation he's had. I think when he lost at the Globes, there was a sense that it was over. That it was, this was not to be. How does the Globes matter in any way, shape, or form? It is the most Piazzadora want to go to Globe. I know. It's just jet-streamed Green Book into the conversation in a a serious way. Just because they decide to broadcast. I mean, can Mm -hmm. we just like take the the broadcast license away from them? That's it. (laughs) It says... Avengers Endgame post-production. Rocket, the voice. He's going to be a raccoon. Atlantic Wall pre-production? What's that? I don't know what Atlantic Wall is. He's he's working on a movie. An American soldier is trapped behind enemy lines on the eve of D-Day, directed by Gavin O'Connor. I love Gavin O'Connor. The director of Warrior. I love Gavin O'Connor, too. So he's got that, and then there's... So he's just American. This one makes me nervous. Leonard Bernstein. The untitled Leonard Bernstein biopic. So that is the heat check of all heat checks. Yeah. And I'm here for it. I'm ready. Let's go. Just do it. Just do it. It's great. I can't believe he hasn't made a boxing movie yet. That's Uh, the other ego play. It's like, I'm I'm making the Ray Boom Boom Mancini story, even though I'm nine inches taller than him. He should definitely not do that. He's also going to be in his mid-40s. That's dangerous. Yeah. I read a quote from him for this podcast, and he was talking about there are all these roles or these types of roles that I've always wanted to play. And I wanted to play a soldier and I did that. And I've always wanted to play a musician and now I've done that. He was like, I want to play a conductor and some other stuff. And I was like, I don't believe you that that was on the list. No way. And now you're Who just like promoting. I mean, I think he wants to play a genius. Yeah. Now that he gets to play a genius. He's really mad about a beautiful mind. <laughs> Has he done the well, thing where he's gained 60 pounds for a role? No. I and I can say, yeah. no disrespect to him, I sense a a modicum of vanity yeah. given the way he photographs himself in this movie. Photographed it well for the record. Um, that I'm not sure that he's willing to do that. Is this your favorite movie since when? Maybe since Get Out. Okay. I'll I mean, it's not, it's not the best movie, but it is, the, it is the Hollywood movie that I have liked the most since Get Out. What about you? It's certainly my most rewatchable movie just to stay on brand. And probably my favorite. Yes, not the best. Since... Oh, gosh. Um, Lady Bird, maybe? Is that a Hollywood movie? Well, I was just talking about my I'm favorites. I'm so glad and you didn't say Wonder Woman. Like. You know what? I like Wonder Woman. For, never Do you know that every that. single time it's on HBO, I think about you th- texting I'm you? Glad you? And should. then, I, maybe I will now. Just from now on, I'll your text third, you. Your third my favorite movie scenes. in 2018. It's very, it's very charming. Um, this is my favorite movie since Phantom Thread. Oh, good. I really like Phantom Thread. It's amazing. Yeah, it's very it's, good. It's, and it's on cable now. It's just good to dive in. Mm-hmm. And I love how it comes around at the end. And I think he's amazing. And he's probably never going to act again. And we're going to miss Daniel Day-Lewis. Future rewatchable. Yeah, that's a good one. Sean Fennessy, Amanda Dobbins. We can hear you on the big picture. When is the actual Oscars? February 24th. We will be live that night. It's going to be some night. Really is. Will it? What do you think is going to happen? It will happen? be a night. Um, I think Cooper's going to win. Okay. I really oh my do. God. I really think he's going to win. From I think, your lips to God's ears, Bill. I really think he's going to win. We'd have a lot of fun with that. We would. I could also see Bale winning. I don't think Rami Malek's going to win. And I think the stuff with Brian Singer, I think that hurts it too. Voting hasn't even started yet. I think the voting, if we publish this on what day? On the 12th? I think that is the day that the voting opens. 
So listen to this podcast, voters out there, vote Cooper. I'm I'm less attached to Gaga winning because I have kind of have to see the uh, wife first. I can assure you that you do not need to see the wife. What, Counterpoint, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> and I didn't think the lady from The Favorite, I didn't feel like that was a best actress performance. I, I, I agree. she was good. I, I think she's she supporting. Nominated, but not best. So you could talk me to Gaga for that too. Mm-hmm. Who else was nominated? Yalitza Aparicio from Roma. Oh. Your favorite movie of 2018. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to make myself some broccoli and try to sit through <laughs> that before the Oscars. You know what? Go to a theater. It's still at it's the fine. Vista. I'm going to make broccoli. You know what okay. I've been advising drink people flat to do? sparkling water and drink it. My, my advice has been go home. It's like Saturday at 5 p.m. The sun is setting. Just take an edible. Take an edible. Sit there. Vibe out. Take an edible. Let, I like let the images wash over you. Let Quaron's mastery. Maybe do that. Yeah. Great. See how you feel. Uh, next week on the Rewatchables is what? Reality Bites. Reality Bites. We already banked this one. Uh, 25th anniversary Reality Bites coming up next week if you want to watch that. Until oh, then. I'm wrong. It's Dave. Oh, it's Dave. No, it's not Dave. It is Dave. Dave. It President's is Dave. Day. President's oh, it's Day. President's Day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so the next two are Dave and Reality Bites. Dave. Dave. Look at how I love Dave. Step. Me too. Yeah. We haven't taped that one yet though. Dave is wonderful. Yeah. All right. Can't wait for that. Thank you. <laughs>